Well, hello and welcome to Inexos Access All Areas. My name is B, and I will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my Inexos nerd, Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more. Hello, welcome in Excess Access All Areas, episode 158, part two, the episode that we dove deep with the famous Greg Pirano from Hunters and Collectors, Michael's best friend, but this is a podcast more designed to have in Excess fans recognise their achievements, get them into the Hall of Fame, and do it with my compadre B. Quite a mouthful in the opening there. Hello, how are you? I know, I wondered when you were going to stop, <laughs> actually. Hello, how are you? That was a nice song we played into there. What yeah, was that, that all was, about? Yeah, uh, that was Talking to a Stranger, one of the very, very famous, iconic Australian songs of about 1981, 82-ish, of which uh, Richard Lowenstein, Lowenstein did the video and aroused the attention of Michael and uh, NXS management, to which uh, obviously a relationship with Richard was building upon. And uh, I guess initial friendship from Michael and Greg started because Michael was such a fan of Hunters and Collectors. So hope everybody liked that song. Yes, I do remember now that he told us that in his interview with us uh, back, gosh, that's going back a little bit now, isn't it? That was last year. Yes. Well, an interesting one too, B, is that if you watch the video of this particular clip at the start, you will see a very, very functional but old St Kilda station, uh, which is the tram line there now. Now, you lived in St Kilda in the 90s. Uh, that's where it all sort of starts off there for those tourists who have been in St Kilda. But yes, we're coming off our episode last week. We spoke to Greg Pirano and uh, again, thank you, Greg, for coming on and Richard. Yes, I'm really looking forward to um, hearing more from uh, Greg about um, his times with um, Richard Lowenstein. They're quite good friends, aren't they? That's how you met uh, Greg in a, in a way, wasn't it, the first yes, time? Yes, I was actually mm. there to pick up the books for some of our patrons who had their signed copy from Richard, and Greg was the one who palmed them over to me in the laneway here in the... Melbourne, ironically, in about seven minutes from where my where I work. So, mm. um, and I did recognise Greg at the time, and found myself it was one of those misty, rainy sort of days there in Melbourne. I found myself talking to Greg outside while he stood undercover, which was fine. But I was totally engrossed in his conversation, and um, yeah, I'm glad it. Well, I finally led to him coming on because, uh, again, a lot of people in life be they claim that they're friends, and we've only seen him with Sinead O'Connor passing away in the last couple of weeks, where. Everybody's like a friend in their passing, but were they a friend when they were living? Um, and I think Greg was was both, uh, thankfully. Yeah, and it's it's nice that both of Greg and and uh, Richard have uh, become friends from meeting at Rhino Studios and continued to even now. And now they go off shopping together and uh, still having fun times together and doing things like this, coming on a podcast together. Um, it all goes on. So I'm really looking forward to um, this second half. Now, before we get into things, I am going to ask you, how's your NXS fortnight been? Because I didn't ask you last week and... Uh... I've had a tickly throat, as you can hear in my voice. Listeners are a bit yeah. croaky tonight. But how's your NXS fortnight been? Um, it's been quite good, actually. I've been speaking to lots of people behind the scenes, and they'll come through later. Um, did you see that the book is now um, in production, as in the box 
um, that was given to me by um, Neil. So I put that onto our socials. It's really cool. It actually looks like um, an iPhone box. You know, it's all um, molded and bright reds and it looks like you never want to throw the box away. So um, that that looks fun. Um, but do you remember talking last week about the memorial? Yes. Yeah, yeah, you yep. remember that. Um, it was very strange uh-huh. that um, as we speak now, it's probably only been up for about 20 hours, but um, somebody has posted from there. We don't know who it is, do we, who actually runs that um, page? No. Um, and they put a photo of Michael's memorial um, on there and just did the description of the history of, you know, what it looked like at the beginning and things like that. And then I thought, oh, I wonder how long this page has been going on. I had a look at some of the photos. By the way, it's only got 600 followers. So, guys, you need to go and follow this page. So we'll put a link in it anyway. And we think it's done by Susie. But I found um, the um, baptism and it's got like the you know when we went to the church of kirk and the and the baptism anyway what i'm trying to get at is michael was baptized in august um august the 4th and here we are in august already hmm. fantastic well little nuggets all come about uh also to big thank you to some of the listeners who've downloaded the last episode and we hope that you've enjoyed it so far plus also the uh, episode with newey which is still going bonkers out there um again thank you to newey I guess we are going to go into today's episode, but we thought we uh, would make up for a little misstep next week. We made a mistake last week, B, and we forgot to actually wish John Farris a happy birthday. So we are going to make amends today and say, John, deepest red, the gift, <clears throat> never let you go. Well done. Happy birthday. Uh, turning the big 62, the baby of the band B. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, big shout out to John. I just want to say that I did say happy birthday to him last week. <laughs> You did. I did. I managed to fit it in at the very end of the Patreon roll call. So oh, um, I managed to a little to sneaky post. Put a little sneaky. It. Well, oh, it's just it popped okay. into my head. I thought, well, we better get well, it. Well, I have to apologise on my own behalf there. Okay, so happy birthday, John. But it is uh, in excess month for birthdays. We do have uh, Tim's birthday coming up, which means we also have celebration of the band, and we might have a little nugget or two designed for that coming up. Um, I do actually, if I can interject. So. Sure, far away. I've got a girlfriend who's turning 50. She won't mind me saying this, Carol. And, you know, um, one of her friends has um, put a like a, a WhatsApp thing together and she says, we're doing a 50th. And where is it? It's at Whale Beach. So I'm wow. going to Whale Beach and there's a beautiful restaurant called Jonah's. Um, I'm going to go there. So I'll take some photos of that beach for everybody. That's not until yep. October, but that's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. Is it the Whale Beach Hotel? It is, yeah. It's called Jonas. Is that well, in Unamar? Is it Unamar or whatever? No. We're getting the address wrong. No, it's in Palm Beach. Palm Beach, okay. Yeah. I saw a movie the other night called Palm Beach, which was filmed in Palm Beach, and it was called Palm Beach. Not in Australia, Palm Beach. Yes. So. Oh, it yes. was? Yes. Oh, I know the one. Yeah. I yes. remember speaking to Tim about that. He Puts went down to track there. Yeah, and, he uh, made, uh, by Rachel Ward, Brian Brown's wife. He was the star with Sam Neill. Yeah. Uh, a Richard E. Grant, one of my favourites, was in it. Good old yeah. English Richard E. Grant. Good fun. Okay. A bit of a musical theme in it. But, uh, uh, B, we should straighten up a little bit because we're about to welcome our guest and guests together again today for part two uh, to Access Access All Areas. I do know that um, we are going to cover a few little topics today that you might hint upon now, B, uh, that we're going to hit Greg and, uh, and Richard up about. So what are some little things we're keen to find out more about today? Oh, well, Richard tells us a little bit more about him being when he was 16 and how it came about while he was there. 
I like what they're going to call Richard, actually. So listen out for that. That's quite funny. We'll talk about that later. Oh, about Michael st- sending signs to his friends and the dreams that they've, they've had as well. So there's lots, lots involved in this uh, episode this week. Well, no further uh, delays. Let's take it away with part two of Greg Pirano and Richard Simpkin. Hey, this is Tim Farris. Big shout out to Hayden and B. Also want to say hello to all the listeners and NXS fans. Thanks for listening. I love you, Hayden and B. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. And now it's time for Topic of the Week. Now, Greg, you said something very lovely uh, at the memorial last year up at uh, Bondi when the rain came in. It's funny how dates and rain and different circumstances sort of exist, but it's 32 years today, the day of recording, that they played Wembley Stadium. So July 13th has a very interesting sort of, uh, you know, time frame in the NXS canon. I think they might have played Live Aid this day and then they've might have, uh, you know, obviously done Wembley and things. And here we are recording today. And then last year, uh, we did the memorial there. And like, uh, true to form, like the funeral, the rain came in and scuttered all the... Uh, uh, all of us sitting outside in Bondo there well, last four year. Four of us were together, yeah. Yeah, which was a lovely event there last year that you put on. Um, maybe just uh, for those who weren't there. Uh, just... How did that come about? Yeah, yes. how did that all come about? Because Richard, you were there as well, obviously involved with putting it together too, I think. We were having breakfast, weren't we? And talked about it. Came it. about, yeah, because we were sitting there and we, we, I, we know the person who owns the cafe and we're going, we could do something here. I just got some musicians together and yeah, it was supposed to be a big thing, but be, I thought, well, it'd be good to do something for them, you know, and get these different people to do versions of the songs. And, you know, and they they went, people at the cafe loved them as well. So they were really happy that it was a good day, you know. And it was like exactly the same sort of day the funeral was stinking hot. A thunderstorm came through and then 20 minutes later it just cleared up. And a rainbow. Yeah, yeah, but exactly like the day. And I'll tell you a story about what happened that morning is that that day four years before, a friend of ours is actually in Richard's book. She's in the photo of Michael and Bane Do. She's in the nightclub. There's, a, there's an attractive young blonde girl in this photo if you've ever seen his book. And she's with Michael and Bane Douche. And unfortunately, you know, four years to the day of that concert last year, she took her own life because of certain circumstances. But she was a friend of a friend of mine here, but I hadn't met her. But I met her in Paris when I went there with Michael, went there to see Michael. So she hung out with us there. But on the morning I was talking to Tom and I went, he said to me, did Michael ever have any tattoos? And I went, no, no, he didn't. But I said, we talked about it once. Then he said, what would you get? And I said, oh, look, I love birds. I'd, I'd probably get a bird. And he said, oh, I'd get a butterfly. And at that, this is true. At that point, a monic butterfly flew out of a plant that was in the cafe and flew past us. And Tom actually jokingly said, hey, Michael. Now, that young woman who died, the woman who, who took her own life four years before, She's quite well known for a beautiful little documentary that's on on YouTube called The Butterfly Man about a guy who collected butterflies. Wow. Oh, really? Wow. 
That's a jaw drop moment, isn't it? You know. And guess who's got a butterfly on her arm? Have you? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I have. Really? He did. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How about that? But yeah, right. Yeah. All the things like that. And also, it happens to Richard Lowenstein all the time. It happens to Richard and it happens to me. And it's not it's not premeditated anyway. And it's honest to God truth. I will be walking down the street and something about Michael will come into my head. The very next cafe or the next one or a car will have an NXS song playing. Yeah. The next song I hear will be an NXS. And Richard Lowenstein said, Exactly the same thing happens to him all the time. It's just one of those strange things where I've been sitting there and they've said, like in a cafe, and they've said, oh, you know, I, we came here with Michael. Seriously, a minute later, and then it's excessive. Not because the cafe people have heard that. No. He has his presence. Richard said at his launch, I think, for the documentary that we'd been I met, and I think I caught up with you, Richard, as well, but I think Richard on stage had said that he was in New York doing some press over there and went to a cafe, and then, you know, out of nowhere, the Mystify song came on, which, you know, wasn't a hit single there, but he was in New York and he just was felt was uncanny things as well, um, having, you know, just done the Mystify documentary, but it must make you feel good having sort of those little sort of almost spiritual moments where you feel like your friend is somehow nearby. Yeah, look, I, I've, I've had these dreams over the years, very realistic, and he always says, hey, I'm fine. Oh, I'm okay. See. It's all good. You know, don't worry about me. I'm okay. I've had those as well. Like, yeah, he comes in the dreams. Not so much these days, but years ago I'd have them and – and that was so real, yeah. Like it was like it was really it's happening, like and he's actually there. He's actually there, and you wake up, you're very disappointed. Yeah. Is no, but there, I'd I'd say to him like, I'm I'm like, he's like, I'm okay, everything's all right, mate. And I'm like, but I'd say like, everyone thinks you're dead, Michael, because like, this is in my head, it's real. And he's like, he goes, no, I'm okay, just I'm okay, it's all right, mate, I'm all right, everything's okay. And then once I had a dream, he said to me, I, I'm I, I wrote this poem for Helena, but I never got to give it to her. And I wrote this poem down, like in this dream. And then I woke up like three o'clock in the morning and I remembered the words. It was about a rose. So I wrote this poem down about a, a rose and that Michael had told me. And then I gave it to Helena years later and she said there was a poem that he'd left behind about a rose. And that came through in a dream. And I'm like, wow. Whoa. Just even recently, and I'm just looking out in my house, about a month ago, Greg and I go to this antique center and I found this old 1940s pinball kind of machine 
And I was like, oh, Greg and I were looking at it and we both liked it. And I'm like, should I buy it? And he's like, oh yeah, you should get it. And I was like, no, oh, I don't know if I should, you know, you're kind of sitting on the fence. And I left it for a week and then I went back the week later and I'm like, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. So this is like three weeks ago. I walked in and I was standing there and I was just looking at this pinball machine. And I'm like, what do I do? And just from nowhere, an In Excess song came on <laughs> and I filmed it and I, I sent it to Greg and I'm like, look. And I said, okay. And then I went and bought the pinball machine. I'm like, okay, well, this is Mark was saying, just buy the goddamn pinball <laughs> machine. <laughs> I'm sitting on the fence. So. I think he's still around. Um, oh, it's such a big energy. He, he, he is, and he's everywhere. I think what people have to remember about him was that he was such a great character. You know, there was so much substance to him and warmth. And I went through a lot of the footage when I was working on Mystify. And you see him on stage, and often he's completely in a world of his own. If you watch him, he doesn't come across as the macho rock star. He hasn't got a bottle of whiskey sitting on the amp. He's very feminine. He moves about the stage. These beautiful movements that he has where he almost skips and has this, this presence to him, you know, and there's a real magic about that that no matter who he was compared to, he was a very unique character. And for me, that was where he was most comfortable. And it wasn't about the huge amount of people. He was in this environment where he could completely be who he was, telling his stories, but also just, he'd just be lost in that environment. You watch him, he's not, it's not contrived. Magical, magical Michael. Shine like it does. I think the, his contemporaries, and we've seen over the years some many lovely words said by, you know, people like Michael Stipe and Bono and Simon LeBron and different people of his era, Billy Corgan, all those sort of guys. They know what it is to try and get up in front of a stage and lure a crowd in. And they all sort of tips their lids a bit to Michael in that ability, like almost calling the real rock star, you know, that ability to do it in a way that doesn't look cliche or a pastiche or whatever or a send-up of what it is. Um, as you just said, Richard, like a, a bottle of Jack in the corner. And, you know, if he was really unlike many others and because it was quite unique, it was hard to categorise. And because it's hard to categorise, people don't always appreciate something. It's a bit like art in a way, isn't it? Sometimes it's the eye of the beholder. Um, but he had a very unique way about himself that I think his real inner sanctum contemporaries really appreciated. And obviously both you guys, you know, through... Proximity could see it and sense it as well. I think other performers were drawn to him because, you know, they could see that he had a touch of that magic. And that doesn't matter how hard you try, the reality is that unless it's there already, unless that kind of, no matter how well you sing or how well you've learned to play your instrument, there has to be a, a, an extra element there. And he always had a lot of that extra element. So what would be the thing that you think about of Michael the most? 
Well, his laugh was great. I always hear that. And just this, there's a warmth of this company, you know, and he felt com completely relaxed with them. I mean, this is a strange thing to say, but he's the only person of only man I've ever come across in my whole life that which the person I was seeing had an affair with him. You know, once I really got to know him, it would have not had any effect on me. I would have gone fine. Actually, he really liked the woman I was seeing, Jenny, and <laughs> he stayed out the whole night one night, and I didn't actually, I just went, well, that happens. It doesn't worry me one little bit. And also, you could actually completely relax with him because there was none of that, that competitive sort of macho nonsense that goes on between men sometimes that I find a lot with private school boys that are terrible. I don't like it at all and he didn't like it. So, you know, if you sat on the floor and talked all night, you know, with your head on each other's shoulders, you could feel that relaxed with a person like that. And that's another, I like people who are gentle and I like people who are, who are good souls and, you know, the complete lack of, homophobia and, you know, like accepting of people. And he was very much like that. You know, he had time. If he was attracted to a person, as a person, he would completely open up to them and, and pull them into his, you know, and, and pull them into his confidence. But he liked to hear other people's stories. So the thing I remember best about him is just sitting around on the floor with him, with a few people just telling stories. You know, and and being a bit absurd and and sharing, you know, sharing your warmth and that that a real little community has, you know, which I think wasn't there a lot in his life. In the dark of night, his faces they haunt me, but I wish you were so close to me. Yes, I wish you were by my side. So I guess grief is an evolving thing, you know, over a journey. And it feels like, you know, through that process, you're at a point when I guess maybe both of you have acceptance of his, his him going, but you have such a great um, fondness and memory and ability to enjoy the fact you had the friendship in the first place, which must be special to you, Greg, and also to yourself, Richard, you know? To me, extremely important that, you know, he just left us with this legacy. But be honest, I mean, he was still a really handsome guy. He's <laughs> still vibrant, you know what I mean? I don't know how he would have dealt with growing old. Yeah. I don't he would have liked to you know, drag the band around the world, you know, the In Excess Reformation Tour. I don't think you would like all those things. But I I have to say that I did meet his daughter. He could have not wished to have a better person than her as his daughter. She is a lovely, down-to-earth, good soul. She's studying social work in England, living in a share house. She was a very, very good human being and warm human being and very much her own person, but no pretension, no, you know, she didn't, doesn't want to know anything about that kind of fabulous life in England. That's why she ended up living in Perth. 
he would just be so delighted to have a daughter like that, mm. you know. The most important thing was that she's completely unaffected by that fame and that environment. She remove herself from it, you know, and I, th- I think she's done it very successfully. When did you meet her? Oh, she came out a couple of times when we were doing Mr. Fire. She didn't really want people to know that she was around because she doesn't want that attention. Yeah. You know? yeah. She was a baby. I took a Polaroid of her and Paula but- and Michael and Peaches and Pixie on the beach up at Palm Beach. She's breastfeeding. I know the picture, yeah. Yeah. Well, I took that up on Palm Beach when we went up there for for a picnic. And she came over and she knew who I was. And she said, oh, you're Greg. And I was chatting to her. And she said, you know, you and Richard are the first people I've met who are actually real friends and my dad because of the way we were talking about him. And he said, that's actually my favorite photograph of dad. So I gave her the original Polaroid. And unfortunately, when you look at now, three of the people are gone. Yeah, peaches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't want to have a lot of photographs of the dad. She, she hadn't been part of that life at all. So she's just growing up to be this lovely, quite well-rounded person. I think it's a lovely note to finish on, really. Yeah. Thank you for your time, both of you. That's okay. Thank you for hosting, Richard. Yeah. Sorry, Richard. <laughs> but it's nice to have you there. No, ho- ho- hosting the oh, backdrop right, there. Yeah. And beautiful photo work in the background, as always. Um, is there anything, That'd be the thing here. Any, any more curating coming up, Richard? I, I was trying to think of a word to sum me up earlier. I was thinking, I was thinking author, curator. I thought that was a nice one, curator. I've been called worse. Uh, don't yeah. ask. I don't want to hear it. But yeah. Isn't there a doco in the uh, making? Um, there, there was a doco being made, but it's been put on hold at the moment. So, um, yeah, that's okay. That's all right. I've got, I'm, I'm writing a... Writing a kids book on Eddie Marbo at the moment, so oh, wow. it's difficult to write a kids book about Eddie Marbo, but for ten year olds. But um, I'm almost, I'm almost there. So is it called Marbo the Vibe? Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, just uh, on a little note, there I know people who went to school with Richard, right? But like, my Nathan went to school with Richard, yes, and they, they call him. Richard, sick kid, because he was never there. He was all <laughs> so I want many days off work. I just didn't want to go to school. What? Hey, come on, think about it. for the for the fans listening to this. Like, there I am at school. I could go to school, or I could be hanging out with the NXS in the studio. Like, as a sixteen-year-old kid, what are you going to pick? Yeah. yeah so yeah, of course, yeah, of course. The studio and. And do, do you remember the? Do you remember me hanging out at the studio, Greg? What What, what did you think of me when you saw this? It's incredibly good memory. I remember you all the time. I remember the young woman that you used to be there with. <laughs> but, but I do remember Michael was particularly fond and protective of Richard. I mean, I think maybe you saw him as a little brother figure in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. That he had this had this kid who actually 
just young and and sort of unaffected by the world and and a good person to spend you know to spend time with you know a little easier to manage than Rhett, maybe too, uh, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was, a, no, I was a lot. Uh, no, I'm just thought. I'm, you know, as you know, how lucky I was to to be a kid, to be a fan, and and to have in excess as my band, and and for Michael to take me under his wing and look after me, protect me, and make sure I was safe. And yeah. Here I am, you know, 30 odd years later, still talking about it and yeah. hanging out with Greg and, you know, having lots of fun still. But look. He left a great legacy, and it, everyone remembers him as this lovely person, and that's what's important. Yeah, you know, the rest of it is just everyone has all this trauma in his life. But let's face it, like you know, died young, left a good-looking corpse, and lots of great music. Yeah, and look, the interesting on Saturday this week, the uh, uh, rooms of the memory, the launch, the reissue. Uh, of that particular track that's all been done again is happening in Brunswick with uh, Jermaine Gazzo and Ollie Olsen and a few of the gang, which you're probably aware of, I'm sure. And one thing I would like to add whilst I'm talking about that is that there is a lovely memorial page that I guess yourself, um, Greg um, and Richard have contributed to. Um, I think that was the brainchild, I think, of, of Cal originally, maybe putting that memorial page together. Who curates yeah. that? Who curates that now? Because it's such a fantastic um, thing. I, I looked at it a few years ago, but I've never kept up to date with it, but it, I read it uh, over the weekend, uh, knowing we're going to be chatting to you. It's a fantastic website, um, the Mike Hutchins Memorial website. Do you know who looks after that now or these days? I know Susie Hutchins was involved with that after Kel passed. Yeah. Uh, was it Ian Patterson maybe or something? Oh, forgot. Oh, it's it's yeah. been too long it's since I've... year-by-year analysis of mm. some great, st- uh, great 20 anecdotes that you share, you know, Greg, about your friendship, which is great, and really humanizes a lot of stuff today. We really encourage people to look at it. Richard, some of your contributions there with the pictures and everything uh, are great. I think there's Michael with maybe Cal or someone on the back of a motorbike, I think. Uh, I can't quite remember who was on the back of it, but it's just fantastic. Um, we, we encourage those listening to this to go check it out. And uh, also too, you know, just let's, let's acknowledge uh, Greg's musical career. You mentioned talking to a stranger earlier, which was, uh, um, I guess, part of those early days of your time in Hunters and Collectors. Um, probably one of the great Australian songs, really, and and one of the great Australian bands. And there was definitely a few people in that band, wasn't there? Greg on stage, I think there was a lot of people shouldering the burden there. <laughs> quite a lot of people there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that up to eight or ten on stage, wouldn't you? Greg named Hunters and Collectors. He he gave the name to the band. What a great one of the great names too. One of the great names. I remember reading about 1990 or 91, Michael doing an interview and someone asked me about selling, you know, 20 million albums. He said, I can't get my head around that. My friend Greg's the singer of a band called The Deadly Hume, which Greg was the singer of. And um, I'm actually a big fan of The Deadly Hume. He said, my friend, you know, tells me, Greg said, you know, they're selling 5,000 records. He goes, I can understand what 5,000 records is, but, you know, I can't get my head around selling millions of records. And yeah. and from that interview, I went out and started to listen to a bit of Deadly Hume and um, then being friends with Greg, I've got into them more. And in fact, the 
antique center a couple of weeks ago. There was a seven-inch single of the Deadly Hume, and uh, I bought it and got Greg to sign it for me. I won't tell you what he wrote. Um, <laughs> any, any royalties going a, back to Greg for that one? Is there or? Oh, he's ma- he's making yeah <laughs> millions millions off of Deadly Hume royalties. Millions. <laughs> so there you go. His music's still out there, and I believe you can still watch a few of the videos on YouTube. Yeah, no. yeah they. Can. Yeah, you look well, cool. Thanks. <laughs> but, I, but that's the thing about like Michael's legacy is going to last a long, long time. People are discovering the band all the time, yeah. all the time. And think about back in the day when Enixes came along. There was a dreadful snobbery amongst all the people I know that they were sort of mainstream, so they weren't very good. But the, but the first song that drew me in of this was a song called To Look At You, which I still think is a really beautiful song. But kids nowadays, they don't care about that snobbery. They're not snobs. Like the birthday of Nick Cave, and then they'll listen to In Excess, and then they'll listen to Belinda Carlisle, and... You know, they'll listen to Baby Winehouse or anything that you can discover, but they don't look, you know, they listen to all, all this early Australian music and they don't go, oh, that was mainstream, it's not cool. They're boring and a bit pretentious. And I, like, I formed a big covers band around that time and we did, like, other songs and all sorts of different songs. And all these people came to see us who were part of that scene and went, oh, we had so much fun. And But you can go... Wow, the 80s was so much fun. There was so much going on. There was so much colour. There was so much yeah. light. You know, in excess for a huge part of that. You know, when people used to dress up to go on stage and that whole environment, you know, there was something magic about it. still getting messages like almost every day from young in excess fans um just writing to me saying oh you know my dad used to listen to in excess and i'm 16 like a girl look two nights ago wrote to me she's 16 she lives in the uk she just discovered in excess and she wanted to know lots of stories and so yeah there's there's a whole new generation that keeps discovering in excess and and then i get a lot of interesting emails about a lot of young girls actually write to me about Michael's lyrics. What they mean yeah. to them. They're not just mm-hmm. listening to a song. They're actually trying to study Michael's words. And they write to me and they're like, you know, I'm really into poetry and I'm really finding Michael's lyrics to be poems and, mm-hmm. and stories. And they're, they're discovering that side of Michael, which I think was probably looked over in the 80s. Like and they were just a pop rock and roll band. But Michael was this great, you know, writer and had some... As you know, beautiful um, songs that he wrote and you know great poetry. So I'm, I'm loving that these young kids these days are not only discovering the music, but also discovering Michael's poetry, his lyrics. That would mean a lot to Michael, wouldn't it? Knowing that like another generation are listening to the lyrics, not just to the music. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's very important. So very important. No, they'll never be forgotten. Michael's never going to be forgotten. Because we have the, we have their music and uh, Michael's beautiful lyrics and poems and it's going to go on forever and ever. So we're all just blessed, aren't we, that we've got all this to keep forever. Yay to Michael Hutchins. Absolutely. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Thank Good you. To see you again. Bye bye.
Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye. This is Danielle. This is Lori. And this is Foxy. We're the Newsreel Babies. Please subscribe to our newsletter at nxsaccessallareas.com. Well, before we do the big wrap, I would like to introduce the patrons to our show and our new patron, Jay. I'd like to say hello to everybody outside on the highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside. It's about 10,000 people at least. Hello. Well, hello to our honorary members, starting with Tim Ferriss. Happy birthday for the 16th of August. Nick Egan, Mark Opitz, Richard Simpkin, Cameron Adams, Mary Woods, Darren Jones, Paul Jolie, and our patrons, Carmen, Laurie, Carrie-Anne, Danielle, Sarah Markham, Sarah Camia, Dr. Jim, Katie, Lisa Mack. I hope you're having a great time in England at the moment. And Marie, Susan P, Susan B, Foxy, Pedro, Mandy, Lisa, Yvonne, Amanda H, Amanda V, David, Tracy, Paul, Ella, Ryder, Tony, Erica, Abigail. Happy birthday for the 17th of August. Martin, Val, Jim, Kelly, Jackie, Sheila, Shannon, Helen, Brett, Suzanne, Laurel, Bard, Genevieve, Shelby, Manny, Laurie, Jill, Leos, Heidi, Paula, Lisa, Angie, Nancy, Juliet, Scott. Happy birthday, Scott, for the 19th of August. Anthea, Maria, Tracy, Vernon, Jamie, Diana, Stefan, Andrew, Georgie, Keisha, Mark, Fern, Lachlan, Mandy, Rachel, Nick, Sula, Amy, Diane, a happy birthday for the 12th of August, Paul B, Paul B, Alicia, and a new patron lifted from special into paying patron now. Thank you, Jay. We love you. Um, welcome to the podcast, Jay. And our special mentions are to our gorgeous Sue D, Joe Robbins, John A. Vink, Michael Spriggs, Glenn Davis, and Paul Boozy. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is Paul Jolly from Sydney, and this is The Big Rat. Well, that's the, that's the end of that. I didn't want it to end. It was a really good interview with them, wasn't it? Yeah, and look, you know, thanks for great driving up. It's, it must be tough, you know, we take some of these, well, we don't take guests for granted, but, you know, when you don't directly know the subject matter, uh, personally, like Michael or the band, in the you know hardcore you know friend circle, inner circle, uh, when someone is from that inner circle comes on and and shares just uh, you know their ultimate experiences and experiences and friendships, um, uh, it does take you know I guess a fair bit of uh, you know soul searching to come up with some of that stuff. So we really really are thankful uh, for Greg, you know, primarily and also for Richard supporting you know Greg uh, today coming on because it's not always easy be sharing. You know, pain and loss. No, no. And Michael is such a big part of both of their lives as well. I mean, Richard from such a young age and uh, Greg being taken around the world to be with Michael, his mate. I did like that, though. I said earlier about what they called Richard and he was known um, fondly as Richard Sick Kid. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah. never at school. Yes. That was quite funny. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, one of the things uh, interesting, B.I., Every so often, you know, as you know, when I try to come up with some content, and I did this about three days ago, I came up with a bit of a wish list of guests that I want to have on, and 
I know prior to this latest wish list, you know, Richard, uh, well, sorry, Greg, uh, was probably right up there with one or two other ones that we've spoken about before, i.e. Chris Thomas. Hopefully we can get him on. Yes, come but, on, you know, Chris. Greg, but Greg <laughs> was one of the, um, you know, one of the the, the, the true uh, guests I did want to get on because he was obviously very particularly close with Michael and the band and um, mm-hmm. just can speak a truth that uh, that is there and it's real. You know, it's not tabloid, it's real. It's uh, it's the truth. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, big shout out to the both guys for coming on and uh, again, we feel very spoiled that uh, you chose to give us a, a platform to to share experiences. And Greg was such a gentleman as well, wasn't he? He's yep. not a bravado. He's just a really, I can imagine yep. them having some great times together. Lots of yep. big topics to talk about. Well, I think Michael lived in a world and the band in a world where there's probably a lot of, you know, you know, plastic fake sort of people. And mm. uh, you sense that Michael really didn't like spending a lot of downtime alone and um, the people in the circle of influence he hung out with, with very genuine, real people that uh, I guess we've had the chance to hear from. So uh, that's in the can be. We finally got Greg on at two part of this. So thank you. However, we should move along a little bit to our auction or our raffle, uh, et cetera there. How are we tracking with that, Be We're coming to the end now. We're going to be drawing that soon. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We'll be drawing that. Oh, hang on. birthday? Uh, mate, uh, well, no, because I've actually actually put an expiry um, date on the right. ticket. So I have okay. to be uh, I have to be true to that. So I think I did write the 29th of August. Okay. So I don't know. I might ring you and say, quick, Hayden, let's do a <laughs> live feed. Right, okay. <laughs> well, and the then, quicker the draw, uh, the, the more chance you've got of winning because more people mm, are, are submitting their, their ticket uh, right. purchases and things like that. So yeah, I'm going to hurt if we do it earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, are very excited, though, for the next uh, uh, raffle thing we'll, thing we'll do, which will be on in honour of Ollie Olsen. Yes, all funds going to Ollie. Copy. Yeah. That's right. And we really would love to get that over $2,000, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that being greedy, it's all going to go to Ollie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may even put a, uh, a, a, a a bit or two in on that one, and we yes. might donate it. Donate it for somehow we won, which we probably shouldn't be actually doing that, but uh, we might put some some dollars into it just to help contribute to yeah, the cause. Definitely. Um, what are we talking about next week, Hayden? Well, it's Inicest's birthday next week. I had an idea, but I thought I would uh, share that with you. Uh, well, look, maybe it should be listeners too. Right. Go on. I then. thought what would be great is we had such a community of fans and things like that. It's birthday next week coming up on August the 16th. Maybe we could just get our listeners to send in a an audio file uh, and then put a collage together. Okay, please uh, do me head going. More work for me. Well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let me get my idea out and then let you talk I'll me out of it. I'll let you get your idea out and then I'll get my idea out and then we'll, okay. we'll, we'll see we'll which one's the I, best idea. I was, think, I was thinking about it. Our NXX fans could come in and do a happy birthday tribute, 60 seconds, something about their band, and mm-hmm. maybe we can get 20 or 30 contributors in and then we could collage it together. Mm-hmm. We could do a little wraparound uh, discussion with it, draw the raffle. Easy. Uh, go from there. <laughs> okay. Please shake head. Easy not. Okay. What was your idea? No, I quite like it. It's, it's mm-hmm. good. I just don't know how I'm going to do it. But um, time, is, time is limited at the moment. I was thinking it's in excess day. And what should you be doing? You should be playing in excess loud and pride for a start, but also cool. getting your in excess t-shirts on. So what you can do is you can put your in t-shirt on and you can tag in the pop podcast on any social that you are listening to us or watching us by or if if and or if you'd like to as well send us the photo and we will put it onto our socials for you. We would love to see you in your in excess t-shirt. Well, that could create a hashtag movement, couldn't it? 
it really could. Maybe it? Newey from the Herald Sun could help us get that out of the out loud and proud. <laughs> so what? Which one are we going for? Both. <laughs> Both. <laughs> well, maybe. But we are going to go with a little bit of a tribute song today, Beach. A little bit different to what we normally do. I did actually have to sing this to you earlier uh, uh, on the show. Beautifully. But definitely we had the camera on, uh, sorry, the video on pause. I think, the, I think the listeners would like to hear you sing it again. Well, yeah, with my sore throat, great. Uh, <laughs> but what we thought we would do today is that, uh, you know, Greg was in a band called Hunters and Collectors. And we did start off the show uh, with uh, one of their first hits that uh, really resonated in Australia. And what we thought we would do was go out with their biggest hit they ever had, uh, did chart overseas, did chart in America, um, uh, did chart in certain European countries. But it is probably one of the top five iconic Australian songs that if you spend any time here, you would hear. We're going to put out a live version that was actually sung by the lead singer uh, in Perth. And he was joined by the very famous Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam who, uh, when he was playing, obviously, the Pearl Jam, he got Mark Seymour, the leasing of Hunters Collectors, to come up, and they sang a duet of Throw Your Arms Around Me. Beautiful. Which is a very iconic song. It's a live mm. version in Perth in uh, probably about 2005, six, maybe, I've got a feeling. Mm -hmm. Some of the Pearl Jam fans out there with the big bootleggers would probably have this uh, on some of their live bootleg albums. So, uh, and we thought just as a sentiment, it's really about Michael, Throw Your Arms Around Me. Michael's very expression, expressionistic. Very loving, very sensual, very, very caring guy. And uh, I think all of us would love to throw our arms around him. Some in different ways, B, hello ladies. And some in different ways, hello guys. And some for certain guys who would love to do it, you know, in different ways. Well, I'm with you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I gotta shut the fuck up. Because I'm fat going on about. We just all want to just all give each other a big hug because we miss Michael. Yes, we do. Yes, absolutely. So take it away. It's goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from B. Goodbye, everybody. I'll come to the daytime. I'll raise you from your sleep. I'll kiss you in four places. Touch your head, touch 
touched your feet And if you disappear out of Hayden and B.